It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, 100.3 FM, or the WROL app, or any of the other streaming apps. You can go to WROLradio.com, find us all over the place. You can find past programs on johnatpaul.podomatic.com, or TuneIn, or uh, there's a whole bunch of places where, if you wanted to, you could find us. And, uh, well, Dennis just brought up a point, and... We've heard it already. Me, him, and Dan Strollo from In Control may be the only three people that are awake this morning that spent all night watching the Red Sox game. And I didn't. I just periodically woke up, checked the score, went back to bed. Just Dan, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Apparently you had the exact same approach to the Red Sox last night. Uh, yeah, it's 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 easier to do it that way. At least you get like an hour's sleep in between or something just to see how they're doing. But right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, longest longest game in uh, in uh, World Series history, apparently. So that's what they say. Well, we were we we didn't bring you on the program to talk about sports, although I suppose we could. But uh, but you know, it's it's Teen Driver Safety Week. It's uh, there's going to be a nor'easter today, and uh, you are the president of In Control, and you're always you're always great with some tips to think about, you know, what to do, what to do when driving in bad weather and driving in general. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I was thinking about that this morning. Is we got a nor'easter right now? We got all these uh, ghosts and goblins going to be running across the streets next week. We this is uh, you know, and with with all the celebrations around sports, presumably the. It could be a lot of, uh, you know, scary things going on on our roads over the next couple of days. So um, I really do, you know, I, I kind of want to start with uh, people paying as much attention to driving as they possibly can. I like to favor encouraging people to drive engaged as opposed to, to you know, discouraging them from being distracted. And, and the reason I say it that way is that I do think the best and brightest amongst us believe that, you know, you pull up to that stoplight and you've heard your phone go off or you just are bored because you've been driving for a while and you feel like it's not such a big deal to pick up that phone and, and stare at it for a few seconds. And, and I don't think those people realize just how much that takes you out of the game of driving. It, you know, it takes your attention away. You lose situational awareness. And, and I read a study out of Utah, I believe, where it could take, you know, almost 30 seconds to get back in, uh, you know, that situation to really be paying uh, the appropriate attention to driving. So, you know, suddenly the light turns green and you're afraid somebody's going to honk at you or you look up quick and see that it's now green and you accelerate. And now, you know, 25, 27 seconds down the road, you're really not completely seeing everything that's going on until you catch back up again and, and you miss that pedestrian or that person coming up to the intersection. And those are the types of things I don't think people realize when they, you know, can't quite understand why it's such a big deal that they shouldn't be playing with their phone. Uh, 
Yeah, that was that was actually a study commissioned by AAA, and it was David Strayer uh, from the University of Utah. And yeah, up to 27 seconds of your brain kind of goes on hold, and especially if you're, like you said, looking at your phone, or even worse, when you tell your phone to do something. If you say, "Hey Siri," yeah. and you ask a question, or you have, vo- "Oops, Siri just came on on my phone." Look at that, and. Uh, <laughs> but 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 anything like that, and you you wait for you wait for the reaction. You wait for you tell your car to do something if it has voice command, and you your your mind goes on hold, and you're not and you're not paying attention. And what a worse time of year to do that um, with Halloween coming up with uh, with kids yeah. in costumes that are. Uh, too amped up to get. Hey, there's candy everywhere for us, and they're running back and forth, and they and they could very well be in costumes with masks that are blocking part of their vision, and uh, you know, just it's it's a it's a bad combination. So you're right, stay engaged, stay focused, and uh, uh, scan the roadway, look and see what's going on. Right. Exactly. I mean, everything about what goes on that night is is a recipe for some really dangerous things to take place, and we always see a lot more kids get hit and the pedestrian crashes go up and. And, and, you know, it is, it's about driving engaged. It's about paying attention. It's about taking, you know, some slower speeds, especially you've got to recognize that you're going to get off the highway. You've, you're on your way home. You're probably trying to get home because you don't want to not have candy out for these kids. Take the extra couple of minutes and just, you know, keep those speeds down and pay as much attention as you possibly can. And, you know, it'll be a better and safer Halloween for everybody involved. That's right. No candy means eggs all over your house, right? It's a, well, you know, they, I think the kids are wising up. They're moving on to other is that, is that what know, it is? Yeah. a social media campaign. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They just, they just tag your house on social media and say no candy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get now, I'll tell you, I've, I've given out full size bars. My wife hates it because we spend a fortune on it, but I figure it's an investment in our future. We got to just, uh, Try to avoid those eggs and toilet papering and everything else. So yeah. that, you know, I'm just trying to stay on the right side. Yeah, it keeps the property values up. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but you know it is it is that time of year. We have we have a uh, uh, you know we have bad weather coming, and I can't you know I can't predict who's going to win the World Series. I can't predict who's going to win the Super Bowl. But I can predict the weather's going to get worse between now and the next six months, and we're going to have we're going to have. Uh, um, the four-letter word that Dennis doesn't like that begins with an S, snow, and he just he just shook his head with disgust. And um, you know, and and that kind of weather comes up, and uh, people people kind of forget what you should do, and uh, and you know how you should how you should behave when you're behind the wheel in snowy and poor weather conditions. You know, I think the important thing to do is to start proactively and recognize that. Winter tires are not something that just existed in the 70s. I mean, today they're a completely different thing than they used to be. It's a chemical compound that will actually help improve your driving, not just when there's snow on the ground, but just with the temperatures. The way the tires are made, it's going to grip the road better. And, And it's not about just not getting stuck, but it's about having tires that will enable you to brake more effectively, that will enable you to stay in control of the vehicle when you're steering. And so... You know, we'll do a, a course in the winter, and when there's snow on the ground, uh, we'll have people be able to stop in almost half the distance they could if they were just using the same car with uh, standard, you know, all-weather tires, which that's, that's it really right. is a misnomer. I mean, there's no such thing. So start proactively, go with the tires, and then, you know, when the weather turns, if you don't have to be on the roads, don't drive. Um, you know, it, it's we are in New England, and you can get stuck or surprised, so... 
I don't want to pretend like it's completely possible to avoid bad weather altogether, but, you know, if it snows, keep those speeds down. And if it's ice, don't drive. I mean, even if you're out somewhere, try and find a way to get off the road so they can treat it because there's not a lot, even with the winter tires, that's going to help you from staying in complete control of your vehicle and you're just taking too great a risk. So those are kind of our general rules is if you can stay in control of your speeds, avoid you know yourself being out on the road whenever you there's ice and, and unfortunately again there's situations where we'll have ice we'll have water that will freeze overnight and you've got black ice situations and you've just got to be cognizant of what you're getting yourself into and and you know so much of this is that we don't take driving seriously enough in the grand scheme and we think oh it's no big deal and i've got these airbags they're going to protect me and, and and maybe you won't die the same way we were in such great numbers you know in the past but uh, you're going to get hurt. Gonna, yeah. It's going to cost no, a lot and, of money, and, and, and you could hurt somebody else. And those numbers, unfortunately, I mean, I, you know, as I've been watching traffic deaths for, you know, the various classes I do for things, and, you know, for 42,000 people a year died in traffic crashes. A couple of years ago, it went down to, I don't know, 36,000. And uh, I remember asking the the uh, head of uh, National highway traffic safety at the time mark rose kind of said why did the numbers go down and he and he gave me the best government answer i ever heard i don't know yeah and i said what do you mean you don't know and he said i can guess i can guess it's you know unemployment rates are higher fuel costs are more uh safety innovations and cars are better but now the numbers are starting to creep back up again they absolutely are in all age ranges too i mean one of the things that's kind of surprised me in 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 I can't say it necessarily surprised me because a lot of it's tied to kids are waiting to get their license later. But, you know, the the 15 to 18-year-old age was the number one uh, cause of death is car crashes, and they were the highest crash rate amongst it. And it's really, it's now, it seems to be, it's more that 18, at least in Massachusetts, the 18 to 24 age range. Mm. And, you know, it, there's there's a lot of things going on. Kids aren't as motivated to get their license before the age of 18 the way maybe we were. You know, they've got apps that will send a car to come pick them up, and they got parents that are willing to drive them anywhere, and, and maybe they don't want to go somewhere because they can just get on their phone and chat with their person face-to-face. But eventually, they're going to need to drive, and the Google car is not really right around the corner. So, you know, we're, we're starting to find that people just aren't as motivated to get that license. Mm. And then when they do get it, maybe they're not having the time with their parents that we want them to do, you know, to, to drive and practice. And, and it's, it's really starting to throw the, those numbers off in a direction that's, that's very disappointing. Yeah, it really is. And, and I remember there was a time where where the United States was the safest country in the world to drive in, but it's not anymore. It was. Yeah. No, I mean, we're generally, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40th place. Um, you know, Massachusetts forever has been one of the worst states for seatbelt use. I know we bumped up a few points last year, which was nice to see, but we've had that happen once or twice before and then been right back down in the gutter. Eh? And I really do think it, it centers around, as a society, here in the United States, we do not take driving seriously enough. You go for your road test here in Massachusetts, and that timing you're going to be in the vehicle for some road examiner to determine if you're a safe driver is not going to be more than five minutes of driving, at least mm. for a, a young new driver. And, you know, that's, I, I can't even, it's not the registry motor vehicle's fault. And we as, a, as, a, as citizens are comfortable with that. We are not going to our legislators and saying, hey, wait a second, you know, mm. how come in Germany when they get their license to an hour-long road test and we think five minutes is enough? And then it's, it shouldn't be a surprise that more than half these kids are crashing in the first couple of years after getting their license. And, 
So we, we really need to take this whole thing a lot more seriously. Yeah, I mean, you brought up the thing about Germany. What's kind of interesting, I think it's Germany, is you can't get your license without recommendations from your, you know, somebody at your school needs to sign off, and somebody from, yeah. you know, there has to be there has to be additional <clears throat> signatures on your on your uh, on your license application that says that you're basically mature enough to be able to get your license. It's a bit, I mean, if you look at just the expense side of this, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a driving school where you're going to be spending more than seven or eight hundred dollars to to go through the process mm-hmm. of procuring a license here in Massachusetts. And in U.S. dollars, you're not going to find something less than six or seven thousand dollars in Germany. Yeah, it's like, the get, it's like getting a pilot's license. It. Yeah. No, yeah, it, yeah, it's no, a completely yeah. different approach. No, and and you know, even even though you know AAA has driving schools, they still like to say, and I get criticized at work, but you know, we don't teach people necessarily how to drive. We teach people how to get their driver's license. Yeah. You know, and we we sort of leave the how to drive up to their parents, and unfortunately, they didn't really learn how to drive either. Which brings us no. back around to what is this in control thing you you're the president of. So I, you know, I, I, in short, I try to explain to people that I manage a group, group of race car drivers that train people how not to crash. And uh, we don't go out and, you know, they're not trying to recruit people to go into the racing field, but really they're experts at driving and their focus is solely on how to avoid crashes. And so we work with new drivers. We're a 501c3. Our goal is to, to keep the roads safe for everybody. So our, our, our mission and our passion tends to center around teens who crash at such high rates but frankly we we train a lot of police departments we train a lot of commercial drivers in fact the commercial driving crash rate has gone up exponentially in the last few years and and we've spent a lot more time training company employees than we ever had before so much so that some of the data that we're seeing from our insurance partners is showing that the crash rate reduction we've always known it's a tremendous reduction for teens and that's why there's so many insurance companies that will give five to 10% off their auto insurance for those grads. But we're seeing as good or better crash reductions in people over 25 with six plus years of driving experience. So that's opening the doors there. But basically what we do is we put people in emergency situations. We're trying to provide them with instinctual reactions, the the life experience of how the vehicle is going to behave and hopefully chisel away at the invincibility. That's certainly present with those of, you know, the, the younger kids without the frontal lobe development. But, you know, as I described before, where people think that it's okay to pick up their phone and use it while they're driving or sitting even at a stop sign or stuff like we just, you know, we, we want people to realize that this vehicle is pretty close to getting out of control often mm-hmm. unless they do certain things. And then, and the flip side of that is you can be an incredibly timid driver. I mean, we see a fair number of those as well. And once you can see, hey, it does take these mistakes before you do lose control, you tend to feel a little bit more comfortable behind the wheel as well. So it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and Dennis, who's a graduate of, of In Control, uh, who we nicknamed Crash prior to going to going to going through your program, uh, and, he, and he points out that it becomes muscle memory after a while. It's the things that yeah. you're taught, providing you still kind of stay with the concept all the time, it just becomes a natural part of your, your driving at that point. Yeah, we, we're, you know, you mentioned trying to stay with it. We're, we're trying to offer, we hope to do it around the holidays this year, and we're testing it now, a refresher program. 
because we've had over 30,000 graduates and we do get asked, you know, a number of people just go through the regular course again, but we're trying to see if we can focus on something. But at the end of the day, you know, what, what we've seen from people who go through this is they're just blown away with what they didn't know about something they do every day. Uh, you know, most of us are in our car driving and, you know, by evidence of what I see when I'm out on the roads, people are making a lot of mistakes that they have no idea that, you know, they think they're being safe and they're following too close. They Mm -hmm. think they're being safe and, you know, they're traveling at speeds greater than the vehicle can handle under those particular circumstances. So it's just a couple of simple things that, you know, at the end of the day, don't take a lot of effort to make you a better driver. You just might not know them. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, unlike your place, i I do a lot with senior drivers and and at the end of my program I'll I'll say to them you know if you if you took nothing else away from my talk up here today uh, a couple of things you know make sure you always wear your seatbelt uh, adjust your mirrors to eliminate all the blind spots leave 3 seconds yeah. of following distance watch your speed and scan well down the roadway so you have plenty of time to react to things and whenever you don't have your eyes on the road cover the cover the brake with your foot to speed up that reaction time if you need to stop um you know all easy easy things that once it just becomes habit um what can what can you add to that to try to help make people a little bit safer so, you know, some of the things that we, again, that, that driving engaged portion, I mm-hmm. think, is a really big component of, you know, paying attention. Uh, for younger drivers, you guys just came out with a study, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, having passengers in the car. I mean, it's a, it's a law here in Massachusetts for the first six months that they're only supposed to have their siblings. I, I honestly don't believe that siblings are any less distractive or any less of a distraction than their friends. But the reality is, once you start putting more people in the car with a younger person, it tends to lead towards distraction and higher crash rates, higher death rates. So just be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. Again, taking it seriously, I think, is important. And for your everyday driving, I mean, the the following distance for the vehicle in front of you, you know, we tend to see a lot of rear-end collisions. Uh, These are so avoidable if people are driving engaged and they're giving at least three seconds. Mm -hmm. We ask the give it three yep. seconds. And then, you know, if you're driving something heavier, you know, we've started to work with a fair number of big trucking companies, you know, you're going to give a greater amount of distance, but you'll have people come to me and say, Hey, if I give three seconds between me and the car in front of me, I'm never going to get anywhere. There's going to be people cutting me off. And, you know, I drive that way all the time. And yes, occasionally somebody pulls in front of you and guess what? I back off two seconds and now I'm going to be two seconds later than where I was going. Yep. You know, if, if 10 people do it, that's 20 seconds of time that I'm going to be lit it's not worth getting aggravated over. And I think no. that's the other piece of this equation is we, we just get too worked up over driving. Yeah, that, that's a, I think that's a really good point. And maybe, maybe it's just a function of my age. And as I'm getting older and people do stupid stuff in front of me or pull into my safe driving zone, um, I don't care anymore. I just back off and, yeah. you know, I only care about me. And Dennis, Dennis, I do think Dennis, Dennis looks like he's been <laughs> waiting to say something here for about ten minutes. So I just—that's the—that's the lesson that I have to. Uh, uh, when you said the refresher course, uh, that's—I was psyched about that because that's the lesson that I have to relearn. I still—I remember I was for a long time I was like, ah, they just cut me off, whatever. But lately, I've just been maybe because I don't drive much anymore, and it just—I get more I, because I'm not used to it. I get aggravated. Um, so, but my son's also turning 
15 next year. So I'm hoping okay. to get him into the course in, in about a year and a half or so. <laughs> Do they have to have their license? Well, yeah, that would or... be a great time to have you guys both come. And, and I'll tell you from a timing perspective, so a couple things about the program. For new drivers, we would really like to see them in that month or so before their road test, before they go to get their license. Okay. If so... they've got their license, that doesn't mean we don't want to see them anymore. But, you know, shoot for uh, – in Massachusetts, once you turn 16, if you get your permit pretty close to your birthday – Six months later, you're out on the roads driving with us if you take your road test. So, you know, if you get your uh, uh, permit at 16 and it's 16 in five months, that would be a good time to sign up and train with us. Okay. And I'll add that, you know, we've seen, like, this is the time of the year where it's the busiest time of the year between November and December. As families are taking time off for the holidays and sports you know, teams are wrapping up and that sort of thing, it's super busy for us, and we were fortunate enough to get some donations. So... We have some discounts available to people. It's right on our homepage. Take a look at it. If there's people out there in the audience who can't afford it in general and are concerned about that, we've got financial aid. I've got a number of families who have unfortunately lost family members who have said to me, if you find somebody who wants to train and can't afford it, let us know, and we'd like to help pay for it. So, you know, we've we've got the the biggest issue we tend to run into isn't so much affording the program, especially if you're going to save so much off your insurance afterwards. It's really just finding four and a half hours in, in our busy lives to dedicate to something that, you know, it's a one-day thing, but if we don't realize it's important, uh, that's where the danger lies. So hopefully we can just motivate people to take the time. And let's talk location-wise. You're back in Weymouth, right? Yeah, so we're at the old South Weymouth Naval Air Station, Union Point. They've uh, been great to us and let us use one of the airport runways out there, and, and we're doing some work in the surrounding towns as part of the partnership we have there. And up in uh, North Andover, we're training there, and uh, both those sites we go to regularly. And then we'll travel out to Western Mass a couple times a year. We're trying to, we actually, we, we may be uh, trying to bring a new site on board there. So we're, we're trying to cover Massachusetts fairly squarely, but we literally have kids. There's a group of kids tra- busing up from New York in two weeks to come with us. We see some people from Connecticut and Rhode Island regularly, certainly New Hampshire. You know, it, it, I can't position enough in that if you, you know, for, for the travel time, it's a half day program. Right. I'm not asking somebody to come once a week for a couple hours or something like that. Just, you know, get, if you're in the area, if you, if you think you can fit us in, you know, contact us and, and Hey, if you, if we look sold out, call me. Sometimes I can work some magic. And uh, you kind of, you kind of went over it pretty quick, but your program is the only program that I know of in Massachusetts where you get a discount on your car insurance. Yeah, there's, it's the nice thing is there's a lot of insurers, and, and frankly, I'm knocking on a lot more doors now of the insurance companies than I ever have been before. Um, we have uh, some, we're, as a nonprofit, we've got a fairly strong board of directors that has, some of them have an insurance industry background, so we're going and talking to some of their peers and saying, hey, look at these you know, numbers. You can't really argue with that, mm-hmm. but what can we do? And so, you know, the, the grand scheme, and again, I, I'm really blown away that, the number of people with companies, you know, smaller companies, maybe 10 drivers, and two of them have a crash in the year, and next thing you know, they're being told their insurance could, you know, multiply by a factor of 10. Mm-hmm. They don't change something, and so we're able to work with them, and, and we've got a ton of folks who've come back to me, you know, a year or two later and said, you have no idea, we, we, we not only didn't get put into that high-risk pool, we're actually saving money off our insurance now because they looked at our rates. Yeah, and uh, you, you bring up you bring that up, and and uh, uh, an, an old friend of mine was a commercial truck driver, and he worked for uh, a company called Aquino Marketing. They're a seafood marketing company, and um, 
they came to they came to your school and he called me up and he goes, look, they want me to go to this thing. What do you know about it? He said, you know, it's going to it's going to screw up my whole week. Um, you know, I'm going to be a day behind. And he did the facility stuff there. And I said, Bob, go. You'll any and, and, you know, he came and I talked to him the following weekend. He's like, you know, it was a good course. And he said, yeah. I can, yeah, I can understand the benefits of it. So, uh, you know, well, I can't. I mean, we, we we get big trucks. We get fire departments now. You know, I, I I love my police officer friends, but there's no cockier individual, you know, than the guy right out of the academy. And they don't want to be there. And, you know, within 20 minutes, it, first we've humbled them because they lost control of the car. Right. And secondly, they're like, you know what? This is the most dangerous thing I do every day. And and I'll add, and this is something I want people to think about again with having those additional passengers or payload if you're driving a truck or whatever it is. One of the things we'll do with a lot of these organizations is we'll get two exact same vehicles that they drive, and one of them maybe it's loaded up with people if it's vans. So we mm-hmm. order a lot of human services folks that drive, you know, fill the van up with people and then have the other van next to them that's empty. And let's see how much further it takes to stop. And, yeah. and frankly... You know, you can see mouths agape, just, you know, their jaws down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it'll be 10 car lengths further, and yeah. they can't believe it. And that's that's huge for them to just appreciate that. And, and all of us as human beings, we learn better by doing. You know, it's one thing to put that in a PowerPoint and talk about it, but if we can get them behind the wheel and have them feel it, they might remember it the next time they need to. Yeah, absolutely. If people want more information about In Control, where do they go? What do they do? I would ask you to visit driveincontrol.org. That's D-R-I-V-E-I-N-C-O-N-T-R-O-L.org. Or you can give us a call at 978-658-4144. And if you have any questions, you uh, certainly go through the website. Any of the contact us gets to me. My name's Dan. I am more than happy to reply to emails in the middle of the night, assuming the Red Sox are not on. And uh, get back to you as soon as I can. Or you might reply because they are on. You never know. That's true. That's yeah. true. But i got to stay focused. i got Game 7 tickets somehow. Really? So I have no intention of going to the game, but I believe they're going to be worth a fortune if they can keep this. So I'm, I'm praying for the Dodgers for at least two more games, and then, then we can stop. Um, yeah, all right. That's <laughs> no. All right. Wait. No. No, apparently Dennis Hall- says no. Win, lose, win or lose Fenway Park on Halloween, No. No, I know. I'm not. That's exactly. I have no intention of going, but I I got to figure somebody's going to want those tickets. So, yeah, I, I, um, I, we'll I, see. I think I think you're probably right. So driveincontrol.org is the website. You can find out more information. And you were generous enough to give us a gift certificate to give away. We're gonna we're gonna we're actually gonna play that for a couple of weeks. We're gonna let we're gonna bring it up and remind people about it and remind people about the website. And over the next couple of weeks, we will. Uh, we will give it away to a lucky listener who uh, who is not just somebody who wants to win a prize. We want somebody who wants to either use it for their own benefit or, better yet, give it to their kids or their grandkids or somebody who can use it and benefit from it and, you know, and stay out of trouble with it. You know, save a life. You know, that's, that's what hey, it's John, all about. Hey, John, we've had some – you and I have had some interesting I, – I can remember one off the top of my head where we awarded a – gift certificate to some of the kids as part of the Ford Motor School right. program, yep. and he gave it to his fiance, if I remember correctly, right. because he got deployed in the military, and she avoided a crash and sent us a nice note. So, yep. again, that's the neat thing. You know, with this, some 30-some-odd thousand people going through this program, I don't go a week or, or more than, you know, somebody contacts me and says, I just want to say thank you. So, yep. it, it's a really neat thing to be a part of. I nope. appreciate you helping us get the word out about it, and if there's anything anybody needs, just let me know. No, it's, it's interesting that 
you know, you you may you know people think of you know EMS and fire and police departments in the life saving business, but you know this kind of stuff is also the life saving business. It's just a little bit different. That's all exactly. Yeah. Hey Dan, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning. I know you're not you're not out at the soccer game this morning. No, we got canceled. Yeah, in fact, I, all the kids are still sleeping, so I kind of like this. This is this is the good time of the day. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, thanks a lot. Talk soon and go Sox. Take care, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. That was Dan Strollo. He is the executive director of In Control. Remember, the website is driveincontrol.org, and we do have a gift certificate to give away, and you can either email me at jpaul at aaanortheast.com to um, to win the gift certificate. You can send me a Facebook message. at uh, My Facebook is Mr. John F. Paul because there already was a John F. Paul. So Mr. John F. Paul. Is it MR or, M- M- or MR, is it Mr. MR? MR. Do uh, that. <laughs> or you can tweet me at John F. Paul or you can Instagram me at John F. Paul or you can, I don't know, any other. Don't Snapchat me because I never looked at Snapchat. The, the, only thing that, account. the one thing that I want to stress about that course is how much it changed my driving habits in just like you said four four and a half hours it, mm-hmm. it totally changed the way i drove i was nicknamed crash for a reason um a lot of the accidents <laughs> yeah I every got, time i looked at your mazda it was yeah, missing a piece yep yeah <laughs> but people were hitting me but it turned i mean yeah while people were hitting me it was me being dumb and not being aware of my surroundings yes the accidents weren't all my fault but I could have avoided them altogether by being more aware of my surroundings. And that's what that course really does show you. Like it shows you basic stuff that we just take for granted. Right. Right. It really does. It really does. So um, we're going to give this away probably in sometime in November. So we'll, 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 uh, good Christmas gift. Yeah. We'll promote it for a little bit. It's the gift certificate's good for a year. Um, or at least that's what it says on it. So it's longer. Longer. So um, Dan's a good guy, and he was good enough to do that for me. And and I run into Dan every once in a while at different traffic safety events, and uh, it just always has a lot going on. And uh, you know, anytime you can try to help people be better drivers, the more better drivers there are on the road, the less I have to worry about them, because that's that's uh, you know that's all part of it. When we come back, we're going to take a break. But when we come back. We're going to give away a couple of tickets to the Connecticut Auto Show. And we're going to be talking about the Connecticut Auto Show next week, by the way. Uh, but we are going to give a couple of tickets away to the Connecticut Auto Show or the Boston Auto Show, whichever you like. But the Connecticut Auto Show is kind of unique because it's at Mohegan Sun. Mohegan, yeah. Yeah, which gives you two reasons to go, I guess. Go, go gamble, win enough money to buy a car. Exactly. Yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> they don't build those mausoleums of gambling stuff because everybody's a winner. Uh, we need to take a break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Our phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln.
was setting the pace, that story's true, I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up that Model A body makes it look like a pup's got eight cylinders and uses them all, got overdrive, just won't stall. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WRL, the Spirit of Boston, 100.3 FM if you're in the Boston area, or our podcast, which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com, or WROL Radio, or any number of places where you can where you can listen to the program, except if you're on hold. If you're on hold with the radio station, apparently you can't hear us. I don't for some whatever the reason is. So I don't fix the phones. You don't fix job. the phones. You don't fix the phones. You're you're only the executive producer. You're not the engineer. This is correct. That's right. Let's talk to Peter. Peter, is that you? Yes, John. How are yeah. you doing? So, so that is correct. When you're on hold, you don't hear anything, right? I hear nothing. Yeah. Well, it's like the it's like of silence. Yeah, it's like most. It's like most of my life. I don't really hear anything. Either, so. <laughs> Well, it's kind of it was kind of peaceful, John. You know, <laughs> you, you know, that you know, as much as you know, we were talking to Dan Stroll earlier. He said, you know, be engaged in your car, pay attention, and you know, I, I, I kind of, to some extent, I kind of like going back to the old days where your car was actually a kind of a place where you could. You weren't interrupted by things like phones and text messages. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what they say, just just drive. Just drive. Right? Just drive. Right, right, right. Yeah. right, right. Um, it, it's, funny, I, it's funny. We, there's, a, there's a local woman. She's from Braintree. Her name is Joni Ciani, and she did a – she's also a college professor, but she did a uh, – she made a movie, and it's called Selling Your Soul, and it's C-E-L-L-I-N-G. And it talks – and she had – college kids in her class do what she called a digital cleanse so oh. for so for i think it was two weeks they couldn't use anything electronic no oh phones no oh. computers and oh. within the first day or two the kids were about you know they needed to be put on prozac to calm down and then after a few days they started to learn how to talk to each other and they boy. actually like got together and met with each other and talked Oh boy, that is a missing art today. It's, it is. You know, everyone you, you try to have a conversation and they throw the phone up in front of your face. You know, it's, I, it's funny. Yeah. I went out to eat on Thursday night and I was at a little restaurant and there was a teenager and she was eating her salad, staring at her phone, and her mother was eating her whatever she was eating, uh, watching something on her iPad. And I'm like, here's a perfect opportunity for this mom and daughter to to uh, to interact, and one's buried in her phone, and mom's buried in her iPad. Kind of sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. Because those are the years you need you need the mother, and I would think you yeah. want bounce some ideas. Well. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we're we're old school, John. There we go. That. Yeah. Well. Well, and, and you drive an Edsel. Come on. Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. I do. And I I have a request, John. Yes, sir. I have to sell the Etzel. You do? I do. I, I had a, uh, the man that I was renting from for almost 20 years passed away. And I have a, I have, you know, I have the 62 Ford and the 59 Etzel. And I've got a space for about a year. And I don't know what's going to happen after the year. So, um, if anyone out there is looking for a great 59 Etzel that's ready to go, uh, it's pink and white. And it actually came from out of the Rockefeller collection in Arkansas. Hmm. Yeah, new transmission, uh, forty-six thousand miles, um, and I did the uh, the correct interior, the surf cloth interior. 
um, you know, if they they wanted to email you and then send it to me, and uh, we could set up an appointment. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's I, I hate to do it, but reality is hitting the, hitting the door here. So um, I best before before I get you know the the walking papers again for my garage. I, yeah. I want to have one car, not two, to deal with. So. Yeah. So so why'd you decide the Edsel should go and the Ford should stay? Well, the Ford ha- is a convertible, mm-hmm. and it goes back to uh, 1973 with my father uh, buying the car from uh, Mrs. Duddy, Duddy Ford. Okay. And um, it's just it's kind of like an old pair of sneakers, John. You don't want to throw out. It's been it's been there with me so long. Um, the Etzel came to me in 2010. Uh, from Dr. Hall, and he actually bought the car from the WGBH auction, Channel 2, uh, in 77, and I was watching the auction on TV. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, the Ford the Ford has just been with me longer. Yeah, you know? no, so, and, and like you said, the Ford has an emotional connection. Yes, yeah. yes. And at the time, John, my, the, Mrs. Duddy wanted 375 and I was going to offer a 350, and my dad looked at me. He was in the car business. He says, "Well, Peter, I got the quarter in my pocket. Don't worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those were those were the old days, you that's, know. That's that's yeah. right. So, yeah. and uh, years and years ago, I saw your Edsel. Yeah. And uh, I forget we were. I think we were at a Ford dealership up on the North Shore doing a remote, and you came in with yes. your Edsel. And I remember, you know, this was this was a long time ago, fifteen years ago maybe. And, and yeah, and I, I was listening to the radio, yeah. and you said, "Oh my God!" And Edsel just pulled into the uh, the lot. That's right. And and I remember it being uh, a stunning looking car back then. Uh, it is. It's a. It it it's. I'll tell you, everywhere it goes, it draws a crowd because it is an Etzel, and it's pink and white, which uh, they call the talisman red, and everyone just loves it, mm. especially the girls. They go nuts, you know, that they actually had cars that color, mm. you know. And what I did is I kept all the original paint as much as I could um, so, you know, it doesn't all look like uh, a 2018 right. Uh, paint job it, it it's the way it's supposed to look and uh it's, it's a stunning car but you know i just had the reality lights going on here so i i figured i'd throw it out to your reader uh mm-hmm. readers and listeners that if uh if they wanted all a right so ready some, to go car yeah if know. somebody if somebody's looking for a ready to go edsel and yep. they they wanted to play with or maybe i mean there's a whole market now of people who want to be in an antique car to go to their wedding, for instance. So, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the the Edsel's yeah. got plenty of plenty of backseat room to uh, huge. Yeah, to bring a bring a, a a bride and groom to their wedding, and and what a what a great color car to do that in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That it. I I don't know that group pink whatever, but the the, the young young people are all over it. You know. So. Well, anyway, that's my saga. All right. Okay. All right, all right, Fine. Peter. All right, well, well, we'll wish you the best of luck with this, and let's see what we can do. Okay, very good. All right, and thank you. John. All right, take care, Peter. Yeah, bye, you too. Bye, bye. That's sort of sad. He's got to get rid of his Edsel. And he yeah. and he did show his age by saying that group pink. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a person. Sorry, Peter. It's just <laughs> one woman who is a fantastic artist.
She is. She is. She is. Yeah. I'm not a overzealous fan of her, but I definitely respect what she can do. Speaking of artists, and I'm I'm not a big symphony person. Speaking of baseball, do you see the the, the Boston, Boston Symphony, symphony the, yeah. the 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 drop kicks shipping it up to Boston? Yeah, they did it really good. Yeah, they, it, yeah, it was really good. The conductor is interesting. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing he was wearing Red Sox stuff yeah. when he was doing it. So, uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, and I have I haven't heard did the uh, L.A. Symphony come up with something to come back with? I have no idea. Yeah, and honestly, I don't care. No, no. But I thought I thought that I thought that was good. And apparently, one of the uh, Dropkicks guys who's in Iceland or something heard it being played and said he liked it. Hey. Apparently, they didn't get permission, which is even more interesting. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I, I, who's going to argue about the Boston Symphony doing one of your songs? Yeah. So, looking out at the parking lot, yeah, that Porsche SUV, yeah, it looks weird. Is it? Do they have a wider? Like, is their tires wider? Like, separated wider than other vehicles? It looks no, no, not really. Okay, no, it's a it's a Porsche Cayenne. It's a uh, um, kind of looks like the base, not base model. There's no such thing as a base model, but um, it's not the super high performance version. And um, I'm actually driving the Volkswagen Atlas, which I guess is a distant cousin to that. And the Volkswagen Atlas um, is a is Volkswagen's first three-row SUV. And if I had to put it on a size category, I would kind of put it with that and the Audi Q7 and Kind of go from there. I promised I would give away some tickets to the auto show. We have tickets. We have only a few tickets left to the Connecticut auto show. We've been giving away quite a few of those. And if you would like, if you would like tickets to the auto show, here's what you got to do. Got to make you do a little bit of work. I need you to call in with a weird car name. For instance, I have some weird car name car names. And I own one of these, the Pontiac Executive. Okay, so here's the other thing. Don't tell me the car name. I'm just going to put you on hold. That's right. And John is going to make the decision. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, whatever it is, it's a weird car yeah. name. Uh, I, and I'll give you another one as an example. The Azuzu, well, it was a pickup truck, but they refer to it the as the Pup. Pup. Yeah. Yeah. But what a weird I name. I kind of had one of those. You kind of had one? Kind of had one yeah. of those. An Azuzu Pup. So if you have a weird car name that you can think of, call in, 617-770-3030. And we have a few tickets to the Connecticut Auto Show left. And we have some tickets to the Boston Auto Show and the Boston RV Show. And that those are not till January, just so you know. But, but the... Uh, but the uh, but the Connecticut Auto Show is in a couple of weeks. So. Does Azuzu still exist? The who? Azuzu? Uh, not here. Okay. Not here. <laughs> and in the meantime, while Dennis is busy working the phones, I want to talk about the car that got me around last week, and that is the Nissan Kicks. Speaking of, which is what generated this whole weird car name thing. I was thinking of the, what kind of name is Kicks? Other than a slang term for sneakers, the Nissan Kicks is a front-wheel drive-only subcompact SUV that seats five and is powered by a 125-horsepower, 1.6-liter four-cylinder engine. A continually variable automatic transmission comes standard, as do a host of other features. The Kicks comes in three trim levels, S, SV, and the subject of a road test, the SR. 
The 1.6-liter four-cylinder engine compared to other vehicles in its class trails in horsepower, but manages to be more than adequate to get the job done. Merging on a busy highway requires a hard push on the accelerator, but getting up to highway speed is drama-free. The CVT transmission does a good job of keeping quiet, and only under hard acceleration does a combination of small engine and CVT get a bit raucous. During my time with the kicks, the fuel economy is averaging... According to the onboard computer, about 36 miles per gallon, the overall ride and handling are slightly better than what you would expect in an economy car. The electric power steering is quick, and the combination of a tight turning radius makes the kicks easy to pilot around city streets. The ride is smooth on all but the worst roads. The overall handling won't compete with a sports sedan, but presents no surprises when pushed hard. The steering is nicely weighted at higher speeds, and... Like the handling, predictable in, all, in just about all driving situations. Visibility is generally very good to the front and rear, but I did have to make some very careful mirror adjustments to fully eliminate blind spots to the side. Our test model did have blind spot warning as well as front collision warning systems. The interior of the Kicks, in other words, a car with another weird name, the Kicks, is a bit of a mixed bag. There's some hard plastic surfaces, but overall fit and finish is still pretty good. The front seats are a new design from Nissan and remain pretty comfortable even after a couple hours behind the wheel. There's a good use of interior space with bins and cubbies. There are several 12-volt power outlets and USB connections. Our test model also had Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, as well as push-button start, keyless entry, remote start, and an upgraded sound system with satellite radio and Bluetooth connectivity. The controls are simple, intuitive, and easy to master. Like many cars with infotainment systems, there are some distracting features, but the Nissan Kicks seems better than most. The rear seat can accommodate at least two adults in reasonable comfort, and the larger rear doors make for easy entry and exit. Uh, for a compact SUV, there's pretty good cargo space with all the seats in use and about 25 uh, cubic feet of cargo space, which it, it just about doubles with the rear seats folded. Um, the Kicks is friendly, fun-to-drive, subcompact SUV that's comfortable, competent, returns, very good fuel economy. If you can live without all-wheel drive and knowing you don't have the quickest car in the block, the Kicks by Nissan is a good choice. It's powered, like I said, by a four-cylinder engine. Fuel economy, according to the EPA, 31 city, 38 highway. I average just about the high end of that all the way around. And price as tested. Remember the last couple of weeks, I drove a car that was over $100,000, another one that was more over $100,000. This one fully loaded, top of the line, $21,000. So for the value. What car is it again? The Nissan Kicks? Kicks. Okay. Again, probably a slightly better name than the Nissan Juke. Slightly. Which was referred to as the joke of among a few people, which, and which wasn't a terrible car. It was a little on the ugly side. The Kicks is a little bit better looking car. Um, but um, it, was actually, it was actually a very competent little car, so uh, pretty good. Okay, let's see, let's see if we have people that have interesting and odd names for cars that want to go to an auto show. Let's start with Rick in Boston. Rick? Yes, morning, John Paul. Good morning. I was thinking of the Yugo. The Yugo. The Yugo's a. The Yugo's a. You know, it, it's. Uh, it was really. A, it was really a communist made, I guess, at the time Yugoslavian Fiat. So, uh, yeah, they. They. Uh, I, although it's funny, there's a. There's a. There's an automotive historian and uh, automotive analyst, a guy by the name Sam Fiorani, and Sam, in the worst way, wants a Yugo convertible. They made one, 
and it was it was those were just awful cars. I remember there was a Buick dealer in Brockton, and I saw the Yugo when it first got delivered there, and it was I think they were thirty nine ninety five, brand new car for thirty nine ninety five, and it was up on one of those stands that you can kind of walk under the car, but it was on an angle, and I remember looking at it, and the rear main engine seal was leaking, and the car was brand new. Not a great car. I forget the years they were made. I don't even remember now. Oh, they were awful. They were. They. I mean, they. You know, Fiat's. Fiat's in the in that time frame were not great cars to start off with, and they took a ten-year-old Fiat design and then called it a Yugo. So, um, you know, it's just it was just not a good design. I'll tell you what. Stay right there. Dennis will put you on hold. He'll get your address down, and we'll send you out a couple of tickets. Uh, just let him know if you want tickets to Connecticut to the Mohegan Show or tickets to Boston for the auto show or the RV show, okay? Okay, thank you very much. All right, good. Okay, let's go to, we'll let Dennis do them all at once. Let's uh, go to Drew. Drew. Morning, John. How are you? Good, how are you? You sound like you're on a terrible phone, but what's a weird weird car name for us? This name came to my head for some reason. How about Borg Ward Isabella? Wow. Where'd you get that one? (laughs) I don't know. It just came into my head. It's something I remember reading years ago. I think it was from the fifties or sixties from Germany. Yeah, there was there was a lot. You know, there was a lot of uh, you know you know even even some of the cars. You know the the original you know two forty Z before it was a two forty Z was the the Datsun Fairlady. You know, so there were there were there were a lot of weird car names, and you know some of some of the other ones. You know, even the ones that. You know, Chevrolet for the longest time just named cars after California beaches. You know, you think about the Malibu and the, you know, they 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 had a they had a bunch of them for a while that were just named after California beaches. And and although I will admit, I like car names versus car numbers. You know, the idea of uh, um, you know, I'm looking out the window now at a at a Lexus NX 200. You know, to me that just doesn't 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 mean anything to me. Or a Lincoln. You know, MKX. I kind of like the idea of having a real name. I think it just—I just think it just sounds better. So even if it's a weird name. So I'll tell you what. Stay right there, and Dennis will get your address down and tell him what kind of ticket you want. And we'll we'll try to help you out. Okay. Thanks, John. All Appreciate right. it. All right. Good. All Let's right. go over right. to Joe in Arlington. Joe. Joe. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. You got a weird what, car. You got a weird car name what, for us. Well, I tell you, uh, an old neighbor of mine years ago had uh, the Plymouth Duster. I think it was called. Oh yeah, the Plymouth Plymouth Duster. I mean, you think you think about that. Uh, you know, they had the Plymouth Duster, and they had the and they had the Dodge Demon, and they were the same. They were the same car, and. Right. Uh, and you, you think you think about you think about that you know and I'm sure they had their reasons for it but uh, you know you think of duster and you think of you know something you use to you know go around the house and knock the dust off the coffee table right <laughs> yeah yeah no there there was there was uh, you know even if you look at um, you know the uh, you know kind of in the Azuzu pup you know there was also the Chevy love truck. You know, which actually had, you know, which I guess was some probably, you know, it was probably light utility vehicle or something. But, you know, the Chevy Love Truck was another one. And, uh, you know, and my favorite, the Renault Le Car. Just in case you, just in case you weren't sure what it is, 
It's a car. It's a it's a the car. You know, so you know, so I'll tell you what, stay right there, tell Dennis what you're looking for and he'll 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 get your address down and we'll we'll mail you out some tickets, okay? Okay, thank All you. All right, thanks, stay Joe. Uh, All right. Stay dry. I'm right, gonna do my best. All right, take care now. All right, Dennis will do all the work. That's enough for now. Thank you. That's enough for now. He gets exhausted doing all this extra work. So, But if you have a question about your car or or you have a question in general, give us a call at 617-770-3030, and we will help you with your car questions and car problems. We did a Facebook Live thing today, uh, today this week for AAA. Um if you missed it, you can go to AAA Northeast Facebook page, and I believe it is still there. I did it with one of my coworkers, Drew Carlson. You can check it out. Uh, speaking of things to check out, this is sort of interesting. Uh, Pep Boys, the uh, auto parts company, and we know them more around here as an auto parts company, but they also run repair shops. But they have a their words, a state-of-the-art traveling trailer and service bay that will provide on-location preventative maintenance and repair services. The mobile crew rig equipped with mobile lifts, the latest diagnostic tools and equipment is staffed by ASE-certified automotive technicians has officially hit the road, developed to ensure maximum convenience for consumers who want to keep their vehicle safe and reliable operating condition. Pep Boys mobile crew offers check engine diagnostics, tire repair, replacement rotation, balancing brake shock, and strut maintenance, belt and hose replacement, heating and air conditioning, cooling system maintenance, services such as battery, wiper blade, headlight checks, and replacement, and all other uh, fluid changes are also available. In the days following Hurricane Michael, Pep Boys Mobile Crew was deployed to the hardest hitting, hit cities in Florida to help with high demand of automotive services. The crew pros are performing emergency repairs and providing residents with complimentary vehicle checks. From storm damage, we know our customers balance extraordinary demands in their lives and on their time, said Brian Kaner. He's a president of service for uh, Icon Automotive. The Pep Boys mobile crew is a natural extension of our ongoing investment in customer convenience and value and the first comprehensive mobile automotive maintenance provider um, to be affiliated with a national service network. People have done maintenance before, but I've never seen anybody that actually has a lift. They bring a portable lift with them. The mobile crew team will coordinate with um, human resources department, office managers, and fleet representatives to bring their service rig to their location. Once a visit is scheduled, vehicle owners can book service appointments online, then simply park their vehicles at work, leave the keys with the on-site mobile crew box, and pick them up when the services are completed. Car care couldn't be more convenient than when it is brought to you rather than you having to go to them. So it's an interesting idea. I kind of wonder whether it's even at all possible to uh, make any money at it. Just wondering. Just wondering. So I want to thank uh, our people who called in. Rick from Melrose, Drew from East Bridgewater, and Joe from Arlington, who are all winning tickets to the different shows. Let's talk to Scott in Boston. Scott, is that Hello. you? Yes, sir. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Um, I have a question. Yes. The, I have a 2008 Toyota Tacoma, and they did the frame replacement Yep. on it, and the vehicle pulls to the right. I've been to the dealership many times for the alignment, 
rotated tires, you know, balanced them. Mm-hmm. Vehicle still still pulls to the right. Um, you have any suggestions or? And it made no difference at all if you flipped the tires, if you took the two front tires and flipped them left to right. No, no, not at all. I also, when they did the frame. I had the uh, rack and pinion steering and some lines done. Mm-hmm. They suggested to do that, so I did do that. Um, the other issue is on the left side, it pulls to the right, mm-hmm. but on the left side, the caliper sticks a little bit, just very little. So at this, I've been to the dealership a few times. Um, I actually went to a, another shop for the alignment. Mm-hmm. They said the alignment was fine. You know, it's not an alignment issue. It's not a tire issue. Um, the caliper would make it pull to the left a little bit. It would. It would make it either pull. Right. It would either make it pull to the left when you were driving, and it might pull to the right when you were slowing down. Because if it's sticking, it may not be applying enough brake pressure when you go to apply the brake. Yeah. So, so it could. You know, in that case, it could pull to the right when you had your foot on the brake. Now, if yeah, you're dri- if you're driving down the road at 30 miles an hour on a flat road and you rest your foot on the brake pedal, does it make any difference? Does it go straight? Does it still go to the right? What happens? No, no, that's that's actually fine. Okay. I put my foot on the brake. It it's fine. It only pulls to the right when. I'm on the highway or, you know, going like 30, 40, 50 miles mm-hmm. an hour. It pulls to the right. Um, so dealership, they, they're like, I would say the other day, they were like, well, I don't know. Have the caliper done and we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. And I'm just thinking that right now they're kind of just blowing me off. Uh, yeah, I mean, the idea that you're driving around with a sticky brake caliper is not a good thing either because it's not going to get any better, and one of these days it's going to just stick, and it's going to it's going to just, you know, it's just going to be on all the yeah. time. It's going to melt the rotor, and you're going to be in trouble. So, you know, replacing the brake caliper is something you need to do. Um, well, I am. I'm yeah. waiting for a price from my mechanic, and, uh, I mean, they're, they're very busy, but... Yep. Uh, that's a, I'm going to do that anyways. I've you already... know, it, it, I kind of want to go a little bit old-fashioned on this and, um, you know, set the, you know, put the car someplace and measure all of the different points you can measure and see whether, by chance, did they do something like is the rear axle not mounted straight on the frame? And is that because I'm yeah. guessing before they replaced the frame, um, it went down the road straight? Yeah, no issues at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm wondering whether when they bolted it all back together, I mean, the the frame the frame is a frame. So the frame is straight, you know, it came from it came from, you know, it came from the frame factory, so you know the frame's straight. But that doesn't mean they hung all the components on it correctly. So mm-hmm. that would be one thing. The other thing I would want to look at and the problem is everything costs money to do this. The other thing I would want to look at is um is there an issue with the rack and pinion unit? Is there, you know, is it causing the car to drift to one side because it's applying a little bit of power steering pressure to one side? I have seen steering racks, the control valve in the steering rack, be off just enough to cause a little bit of a problem. So I assume that they also, um, you know, it, I, I'm pretty sure this car is 
not old enough where it doesn't have a steering angle sensor. So you have to make sure that that is, you know, they calibrated that correctly when they when they put the rack in. And that's a simple calibration. It's you you hook a scanner up, you go left, right, left, right, and and you know you push a couple buttons and it's calibrated. But you have yeah, to. Yeah, I don't sure, think I have that. Yeah, yeah, it might not. It might not. Um, although it's 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 close to that vintage where it could it very well could so um so i'd want to make sure that 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 is correct um but the other thing is is it possible you have a bad rack in the car it's possible but i would want to sit i would want to actually sit down and do some measurements to see that the axles are exactly where they should be in relation to the frame that someone just didn't you know, in their haste of putting it all together, didn't bolt up something that's a little bit crooked, and that's what's causing it to pull. Okay, where would I, I mean, would uh, that be uh, something that uh, would do? Or? Yeah, uh, either a really good alignment shop or a body shop with a frame machine could do the same thing. They can take the measurements and make sure the car's straight. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you recommend a body shop? Um, yeah. I would talk to I would talk to your repair shop that's going to do the caliper. I would talk to them and see if they have a body shop they work with on a regular basis. A lot of them do. Okay. Well, yeah, that way at least you're in the neighborhood of you know what's convenient for you. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't mind driving if I have to. Yeah. Thank you. Well, okay. Good enough. All right. All right. All right. Good luck. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's take another break. Pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you have a question, give us a call at 617-770-3030, We'll be right back. But I've got the fastest set of wheels in town. When something comes up to me, you don't even... Although we are going to have, I think in a couple of weeks, we are going to have a guy who wrote kind of the definitive history of the GTO. I think so. Okay, if you say so. I think you're, you're the guest, man. Yeah, and you know when that happens, I always, what do I do? I give away a book. That's right. That's right. Which I have some books to give away coming up sometime. Not, not today. Not today. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. Let's talk to, uh, where are we going first? Here or here? We'll go to Richard. He's been let's, longer. Okay, let's talk to Richard in Topsfield. I've been to your fair. It's good. Richard, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Morning. Great show. Thanks. Have you had a chance to look at the Chevrolet Equinox? Um, I know no. you're looking at it. it it's, uh, I like everything. It's, it's a mid-size SUV. Yeah, no, they did They did a lot of work with it because the I haven't driven one since the last generation, and the new one they did they did a lot of work to it. They 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 it went from kind of a you know originally the Equinox, you know way way back then was it was uh, when it first came out it was it was not a very good SUV, and then it got better and better, and that is the uh, 
that shares a lot of the same architecture with the, for instance, the Cadillac SUV and so forth. And um, I, you know, I, I like it. I just haven't, I haven't driven one yet, and it's kind of a more than you need to know. But uh, GM has sort of abandoned uh, New England here as far as a place to bring cars to review so i haven't i haven't had the opportunity to look at one and um the only way the only way i'm going to look at one is uh, go rent it from uh, a car rental agency but the ones that i've seen and the reviews i've seen on it uh looks pretty good looks pretty good the only thing i question is uh, when you apparently when you shut it when you park too long it shuts off and just starts up um any comments about that or you know uh, it feels kind of odd when the engine shuts off on me. Yeah. Well, uh, and I guess that's how they got the uh, gas mileage higher. Well, yeah, and that right? and that's exactly it. That's that's pretty uh, that's pretty standard of most cars today. Is they have an auto shut off feature. Um, in fact, the car that I'm driving right now, uh, the Volkswagen Atlas, has that feature, but it also starts up really really smoothly you don't really notice it where some of them are pretty dramatic when they shut off and and you kind of like you feel like you feel like the thing just stalled but um but the uh but some of them are pretty good but how does it affect the braking i mean when the power steering and the heating uh, and stuff all that all that stuff you know all that stuff still you know it's designed to work no matter what um just to give you an idea let's see what consumer reports says about the equinox it says, the Equinox is one of the roomiest uh, uh, SUVs in its category, offers the latest infotainment and safety features. Most versions use a 1.5-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine, but the engine doesn't make the Equinox particularly swift. The up-level engine is a muscular 252-horsepower turbo four-cylinder mated to a nine-speed automatic transmission. Um, we found that the uh, Equinox does a good job of absorbing bumps and pavement imperfections. It also has responsive and secure handling, the MyLink infotainment system. Uh, they like that. Unfortunately, the interior has a lot of cheap-feeling hard plastic. However, the seats are quite comfortable. Forward collision warning and low-speed automatic braking blind spot warning and cross-traffic warning are all available. They rated it as an overall score of about 65. They rated it um, pretty good reliability and uh, okay in satisfaction scores. Their... Um, their road test score was a 78, just to give you an idea, um, compared to something like uh, the Chevrolet Silverado, a full-size truck. Their road test score was a was an 80. Um, the overall score overall score is okay, um, you know, compared to you know sort of a you know if you if you had to think about something that's you know the head of the head of the class in that category. Um, as an SUV, you know, maybe something something that would compete with that might be like a Nissan Rogue, for instance. You know, that's that's rated as a 73, so a little bit, you know, a little bit higher. So it's a pretty, you know, according to Consumer Reports, it's a pretty average vehicle with okay reliability and uh, a little bit cheap feeling interior. So that's about all I can tell you. Yeah. I like the width and the uh, the the uh, when you go to get in it, you don't have to step up. Right, right, and that's that that is one of the things that one of the reasons the uh, the 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 car that I replaced 
our old car with, uh, the, the new Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, um, which is the last year of that, 2018 was the last year, it actually sits a little bit lower. So it's easier to get in and, in and out of than a sedan, but you don't have to jump up into it like a bigger SUV. And the new Santa Fe I haven't driven yet, but it's a couple inches longer and it has a ton of safety features in it. But it's kind of in that category and price price range. So, but you know, take take a look at the Equinox, see what you think of it, and uh, you know, uh, my, you know, and it might also be something that if you're in the market, you could always think about just leasing it instead of buying it, and knowing if you don't like it after three years, you just uh, turn it in and get something different. All right. Well, okay. Thank you. All right. Take care now. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Let's go to Frank in Medford. Frank. Hey, how are you? Good. I got a question on a uh, 2008 Ford Fusion. Yeah. My daughter uh, got in the day to go to work, and she comes running back in the house and goes, it's, uh, this car's making a noise, right? So it sounds like a, uh, coming from the rear wheel, it's a two-front-wheel you know, two yeah. drive vehicle, the 2008 Fusion, and it sounds like uh, a bad brake pad, like was scraping on the, uh, on the rotor. Mm-hmm. I pulled it apart, and the, and the pads are fine, you know. They're, uh, they're really uh, thick. And I'm saying, geez, I wonder, can it, is it possible with those that uh, it could be a bearing or something that's running on the back and plate or, you know. Uh, I mean, if it, was that, if it was that bad, you would have been hearing, you would have been hearing all kinds of, all kinds of weird noises if that, if that was the case. Um, so I... I don't. I don't think so. It. It would be. It would be odd that 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 was, that was the actual case of it. So now, when you. But I mean, if it's making, it, it's really making a real grinding noise. That. You know, it's like a drag, and you know, like it's scraping. You know, it's mm. metal, metal. You know what I mean? And uh, it seemed to be louder when she first. Did it? Then it seemed to quiet up a little bit. But I told her to step on the brake, and it seemed to co- uh, go away. So I, I'm, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I. I mean, it's certainly possible. It could be a. It could be a, a rear wheel bearing making that kind of noise. But normally, normally, if it's that noisy, if you have it jacked up and you have the wheel still on it. Um, You'll feel some movement. You know that should have zero movement. If you grab a hold of that tire, top and bottom, and side to side, and shake it from side to side, it should have no movement whatsoever because that's a that's a seal bearing. So there shouldn't be there shouldn't be anything going on back there. So if you feel any kind of movement at all when you move yeah. you move that tire, then then think about then think about replacing it. Um, I mean the other thing I guess you know if you. I, and I would have thought you would have noticed this, but I guess if if the back and plate was, you know, had something jammed in it, you know, a stone or something stuck in it, and it's rubbing on the brake rotor, I suppose. But did you notice anything inside there? Or did you did you take the caliper off and look at it, or just jack up and look at the brakes? No, I just jacked and looked at it. Yeah, because the pads are, uh, you know, they're, they're full quarter inch yeah. thick, like on yeah. Sides. Yeah, I mean, other than if somehow, you know, stuck inside the, you know, between the back and plate and the brake rotor, there's a there's a stone or something stuck inside there. That's possible, I suppose. Yeah, now that's, I'm not familiar, but are those, that's a unit there, that axle uh, bearing 
yeah. you know, set up here for the real. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's not like a. It's not like a. Uh, uh, you know, a, an, an old fashioned wheel bearing that is um, replaceable. Yeah, yeah. So that so it's all one unit, right? In other words, the you know it bolts in and bolts out the axle and the bearing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what year did you say it was? Two thousand and eight. Yeah, I would, I would, I would guess that that would be the case because that's how that's how most of them are. So um, it wouldn't surprise me that it's anything other than that. Um, the, uh, you know, it is pretty, you know, usually they're a pretty straightforward kind of thing to to replace a replace a wheel bearing on that, and uh, unless it's unless it's, yeah, I. Yeah, I I would have to I would have to look just to make sure, but I I'm pretty sure the steering knuckle may uh, may be a whole one piece thing. I'll tell you what, I'll stay right there and I'll I'll kind of look it up and, and see if I can come up with a better answer for you. Okay. Okay. So stay stay listening. All right. Right. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye. Dennis, do we need to take another break? Yeah, but you can go to Rick really quick. Okay, let's go to Rick really quick. Then we'll take another break and then we'll go from there. Rick? Hi there. Hi there. I got a, my wife and I were having a discussion, and uh, I'd like your opinion on this. Uh, one of us was saying that uh, they think that uh, people still know that uh, if you tap on your brake, you know, when they're real close to you, that they're staying back off, you're tailgating. And one of us thinks that uh, it's no longer the case. People don't realize that you're staying back off, you're too close. What do you um. Think? I don't think doing that's a good idea anyway because because people are so crazy these days they're going to get all road ragey on you. So I don't think tapping on your brake. I mean you can you know you can if somebody if you're out on the highway and you're doing 65 miles an hour and there's somebody right on your bumper and tapping on your brake I don't think is I don't think is a good idea. I think a better idea is to move over and uh, just let them let them go by you. What if you're on a single, you know, basically a two-lane road, and you know, they can't go by you? Well, and they want to be so close that you can't see their headlights. Uh, I would pull over and let them go by because if you're spending your entire time driving, looking in your rearview mirror, and not looking at the road in front of you, you're going to get into trouble. Oh. You know, just tapping on your brake to get them to back off. I, in most cases, in, in some cases, all it's going to do is aggravate them. So I don't think it's. Yeah, a good I know idea. that's the case. And yeah, because I had a guy that uh, yeah, threw like, a water bottle like you said, throw, throw, you know the guy, the guy with the the guy with the good arm that hit you in the head with the water bottle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so. I don't think tapping on the brake pedal. I would rather if somebody's if somebody's so close you can't see their headlights or license plate or grill or something, and they're that close to you. I would find a place to pull over and let them go by. Okay, I just wanted to see, yep. you know, see if you, you had an opinion on that. I, yep. I figured you'd say what you said, you'd say, but uh, I didn't know whether you think people still know that, hey, back off or not. No, I, I think people look at it now, that, uh, and I think sometimes it's just a, the way it is in the world. It's going to be like, who's this guy think he is tapping on his brake pedal telling me to back off? I'll show him. Yeah. And I think it just turned, it can turn into a bad situation. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm out running years, but I saw this one car that this one car accident. The guy who went around a corner was obviously going too fast, and he he ran right into the guardrail. And now his car is, uh, if not total, it's going to be in the garage for quite a few weeks. Hmm. 
Yeah, I like I said, I don't think it's a great idea. So, okay, 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 John. All right, take care, Rick. Bye bye. Let's take a quick break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We'll be right back. WROL, the spirit of Austin. Boy, the conversations get heated in here when we're when the microphones are off. We're discussing everything from sports to politics to religious views to everything. All things you should not discuss amongst friends <laughs> or or on the radio. <laughs> hey, look, it's Paul Sullivan right there in in the flesh. It's, he made it. He hey guys, it. it's raining out, but you know what? We made it in the fastest. Yeah, time. I was gonna I was gonna say I thought I saw your car pull up around nine thirty. Yeah. 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 Usually it's, you know, closer to a quarter or ten or yeah, five. Yeah. Five after. Claire said to me, we made it in like record time and it's pouring. It's it's not. And she said, and she's probably right. Only serious people are out right now. There's and no, people uh, were still sleeping from the Red yeah, Sox game last night. That's right, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is there are people like when I was. Uh, I was early this morning too, but it wasn't because of traffic. I just got up a little earlier, mm-hmm. and, yeah. And uh, but I was, I decided to have breakfast this morning, so I went to a place called Cafe Maddie's. It's right down by, by Wollaston Beach. Not by, it's on. It's on Wollaston Beach. Wait, Cafe? I'd never heard of it. Where is it? It's, it's right where Wollaston Beach is. Well, I know where that is. Yes. But the Wollaston Beach is an expansive uh, property. Yeah. Do yeah, you know it, where? Do you know where Tony's Clam Shack yes, is? Yes, I do. Yes. Right shop. There. Okay. Tony's right. Clam Shop. Shop. Not Whatever a shack. It is. Whatever it is. It's closer to the um, the Furnace Brook Parkway and then the. Okay, but is it on Quincy Shore Drive? Yes, it's or is on it Quincy Shore Street? Drive. Okay. Right. Where it's the right. Beachcomber used to be. Yeah. yeah well, it's near there. Okay. Sure. Everything's it's not one little street there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a that. big Any, street. Anyway, so I went there. Ocean there. I went there for breakfast this morning. Was it good? It was good. Have I you had, been there before? You? I've never been there. Why did you stop there? I was hungry. You just and saw was, it, or did you plan to go there? No, I was hungry. I was early, and I said, you know, one of these days I had to go there before it closes for the winter, which apparently is not going to. And I had okay. the French toast, and it was good. And yeah, were you by yourself? Uh, yes. Well, me and some other person. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, but you I was have eating company by myself, with you. Yes, I was all alone. Joanne's not here today. Not no. So, yeah. but anyway, um, getting across the, <laughs> getting across the street. Oh boy! <laughs> because I parked at the you know you have to park across the street yes. and run across the street. And I'm standing in the crosswalk, and I'm like, first off, people don't stop for people in no. crosswalks, especially in the rain. Yep. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of traffic out this morning. What are all these people doing? And I think they were all out doing stuff before the weather got worse or something. Probably, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you know that um, Quincy Shore Drive has a uh, penchant for... Flooding? Yes. 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 So and I don't know if that's going to happen or not. In my, in my trips to the radio station here in the past... 12 years <laughs> those are the days you need a helicopter you do yeah. you do in fact uh last year what was one of the snowstorms uh Did, yeah that was yeah. a bad one yeah, oh no 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 were, yeah. was it the snow or was it the rain it was, i remember when all the water up here was yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know one of them and the state trooper said to me didn't you see the cones 
Yeah. And I'm like, not on the street I drove down. No. And, I, yep. and he said, you can't be on the street. And I said, I need to get over there to here. Right. And he said, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you out of luck. Um, but it's funny because I, because of that, I learned about four different new ways to get in here. I yeah. didn't know they existed yeah, I, before. I, I, I did take a very- For those of, of you watching on yeah, television, yeah, exactly, we're at yeah. uh, Marina yeah. Bay. That's yeah, where we're at. That's we're where headed. we are, yeah. yeah. So enough of the, enough of this Marina Bay bad weather talk. It's time for the Irish at Parade. No, it isn't. You have three more minutes, ma'am. No, we have forty-five seconds. Oh, my watch must be uh, not connected to the Greenwich <laughs> Mean. <laughs> uh, so what do you uh, got going, you, you you going, going on tonight? What do no? you got going on for the Irish next week? Parade? Next week, um, uh, rainy Irish Halloween songs. I think is the Rain, theme. Is there a lot of those? No, there's there is. There's is none. there any of those? <laughs> no. No, so it'd be a short they, show. They, That's it, folks. This, uh, is, this uh, is how this is how little I know of my Irish heritage. Go ahead. Do they celebrate Halloween in Ireland? Well, I think it's more religious oriented. Yeah, um, because it's all Hallows. Yeah, Eve. didn't it kind of originate? Well, in, yeah, because uh, November first yeah. is yeah. Right. all Saints Day. But I mean, they don't do it in the traditional kids kids getting cavities. Eating you, you know, I, I think way. a lot of uh, Europe become Americanized and vice versa. So I, I think there's probably elements of that. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a huge, huge. Um, I don't. Th- th- you know what the answer to the question is? I don't know. You don't know. It's some, you know. No idea. As I'm getting older, I. But somebody will call up and answer. Yeah. As I'm getting older, That's I found I out it's, it's it's okay to say I don't know. I don't. And and oh by the way, speaking of things, the person who called in about the rear wheel bearing. It isn't a bolt-on unit. It actually is. A, it there's a there's a, it it unbolts, but there's not a series of four bolts. It's actually like a big castle nut that unbolts and it comes off, but it replaces as one unit. So and in the road answer. rage thing, instead of tapping the brakes, just turn your headlights on and off. In the yeah, I don't like doing that either. All don't right. do anything. Don't. Pull over. Pull over. Let the person go by. Life is better because of it. All right. Good. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Oh, how my heart longs for home. Now I curse today 